Hello everyone, this is Chris. Just a quick disclaimer before we start the show. As we promised in 2018, we tried to add some video to this show and throughout the recording it all went terribly wrong. Uh, And I've made an edit to the show to remove as many references to that as possible, but I couldn't get everything. So do apologise and we'll try again in the future. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Gregarious Mammal Podcast. Uh, We are back with video in 2018. I think it's a bit of a trial. We need to tweak quite a few things, including obnoxious headphones, pop shields, darkness in Kate's cave where she is. Uh, But it's a trial run. We're going to give it a go and see what happens. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to our listeners. From wintry, from wintry Berlin, what? and we have a great what? show for you today. We're going to be talking about CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas that is held every year, of course, for, I don't know, what, 50 years plus, 60 years? I'm not sure about that, but it's been a while. Super long time. <laughs> um, and we're here to present some of the most fabulous, engaging, intriguing technology, but also some of the weird and wonderful and we're going to get started with the weird and the wonderful. Yeah. Um, we've got a fair bit to cover, I we think. Um, I'm going to kick off with the weird and the wonderful. No, I'm going to kick off with the weird. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll get to the wonderful later. Or the, the maybes. I think we're going to call them the maybes yeah. more than the hits. We're also going to do something a little bit different for our um, our listeners or our viewers. We're going to do some screen shares. So you can see some of the stuff we get sent. Mm. Um, as tech journalists this time of year, it's all heads go for... Um, CS and we were getting on average, what, 150 emails a day from PR people trying to get us to write about their products. So, yeah, you, you'll see what we see sometimes. Sure. And we apologise for any weird uh, screen of infinities that might pop yeah, up. Yeah, that's before. super weird. You might close your eyes okay. for that bit. <laughs> close your eyes. Yeah. Close your eyes. Now. No, yeah. Close your eyes. Okay. All right. I'm going to kick off. So, Please. There it goes. Whoa. Screen of infinity. Whoa. Okay. Right. So, uh, last week I was waiting for an important package and along came a package from a UPS uh, delivery person from Croatia, which which wasn't the package I was waiting for, but inside it was actually this box. I had no idea really what it was, uh, but being CS time, I assumed it was... uh, It's actually quite amazing the lengths some of the PR people for CS go to. I've been rang up several times Mm. and... I, and I generally ignore phone calls. So, yeah. so um, I got this box. I was intrigued. It's pretty fancy looking, nice box. Intrigued me. Opened it up. What do I find? A box of elastic <laughs> aliens and some catapults. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't really know what this is. There was an envelope that said top secret. So I opened it up and it was a jigsaw puzzle with an invite. Um, okay. I had really no idea what this was all about, and it seemed a little tacky, if uh, intriguing. So, Kate, what is the worst that can happen when you are heavily anticipating, laden with intrigue? Disappointment. Underwhelming disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) So, what was it actually? It was this. Mm. Forio is the new UFO smart mask to revolutionise... 2017's biggest beauty trend. What was 2017's biggest beauty trend, Kate? Was it the Trump hairdo? I have no idea. I would assume it was something Korean. 
some kind of something Korean, some kind of <laughs> Korean <laughs> beauty products because I, I do hear they're quite popular. I have no idea which which Korea. This is so not my area. I don't know. If it was North Korea, it could be like a penis comparison, uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. But but judging by what this says, face masks were 2017's so, biggest trend. Yeah. So we have this this intriguing picture here that looks a bit like a pin cushion to me. It does um, actually. Yeah. And it's the, the, the UFO mm. offering a spa level treatment in just 90 seconds, combining combining LED light therapy, chirotherapy, thermotherapy, and T sonic pulsation. T sonic. Activated by your smartphone. And as far as I could tell from this UCS, about 95% of everything is operated by your smartphone. Yeah. Um, and if in case you're wondering, UFO stands for your future oh, obsession. God. And actually, this press release is is pretty amazing. It's actually a pretty amazing work. It goes on and on and on with detail after detail of some quite bizarre things. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my first one. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of actually health tech. Mm. Okay. I'm going to jump in now with my next one. Mm-hmm. And this actually I sort of moved from the Mrs. column to the maybe column. We'll start it in the missus after a conversation yesterday where we sort of thought about it a bit more and it actually seemed more intriguing than than maybe it could be. Hmm. It initially appeared. No, so I'm intrigued. Yeah. All right. So it's called the Love Box. And I think the, the first issue I have is um, I get this rather short email. Mm. Oh. Um, and this intriguing looking picture that to me looks a little bit like a friendly version of the box from Hellraiser. Um, mm. But I'm not really any the wiser what it is. Mm. And then there's a, an intriguing press release here. And again, I get about. Wow. Well, nearly down the bottom <laughs> till I actually figure out what This is what, so funny because is. we always tell people keep them succinct and brief, but this is super, super short. So, so what it actually is, this, this box, I think it's a screen. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh. Um, this little heart on the front spins when you, you, someone sends you a message by a smartphone, okay. of course. Huh. Uh, and this little heart spins. You open it up, and I'm guessing it's a screen, or maybe it reads the message. I'm not 100% sure to you. Oh, yeah. This seems like a strange sort of idea. Um, I'm actually going to point out a couple of things here in this press release. Number one is this increasing reliance on Kickstarter. So yeah. they kickstarted in October, sold 4,000, and delivered for Christmas, which I find, frankly... It must have been pretty close to market when it um, to deliver 4, went to Kickstarter then, I think, because that's super, super fast. Yeah, that's super fast. And then they claim to have 5,000 messages a day um, since then. Hmm. Now, actually, it's only when you start to get a bit further down, you start to think about the potential uses of this. Um, hotels, hospitality. I mean, I could imagine being in a sort of high-end hotel and every day, you know, a receptionist or a concierge sends me a nice message or something. I don't know. Uh, it's sort of a weird, odd idea. Why wouldn't you just send it, someone a message with your phone? Like, to their phone? <laughs> I was trying to be pleasant, Kate. Okay. <laughs> but what's wrong with that? Is that not romantic enough? I guess it's the maybe the element of it being able to be from, like, the business itself. I'm uh, not sure. I, I don't know, Kate. I don't know. It's yeah. sort of intriguing, and I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. Anyway, that's that's my next uh, intriguing product. Okay. okay. So for my next one, Kate, 2016, 2017 were definitely the years of connected smart devices. Yep. 
I'd agree with that. Where is one area, and I bet you're going to tell me that uh, this has already been done, but where's one area where we could really do with smart connected devices? Mm, I don't know. How about... <laughs> da, 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 drum roll, please. How about swords? Where? <laughs> so, That's awesome. I don't think this is aimed at people like us. No, uh, really? <laughs> and actually, I mean, I find this somewhat this intriguing. Awesome. So it's definitely aimed at the kind of, I'm guessing, manga market. And I'm, I'm probably um, showing my ignorance here. And it's probably not manga. It's probably something else. But um, so it's a one-on-one reproduction of the one-handed sword, Elucidator, wielded by the main character, Kuroto from Sword Art Online. <laughs> so it kind of says the use case is... For cosplay. Mm. Well, okay, I get that. But let's have a look. So we have uh, smartphone connectivity that could trigger your own custom sound effects. We have accelerator accelerator and voice recognition. We have 2,000 <laughs> color LEDs. And actually, I must admit, you read all this and you think, wow, that actually sounds kind of cool. And then you watch this video. And the, the video is somewhat underwhelming, actually. Yeah, and it's making like weird, clashy, crashy noises as he does this. Well, what kind of you sort of get that? the idea? Um, I'm sure there is a niche market who love it. I, I, I've got to say one thing. I'm, I'm kind of glad it's um, it's voice activated because it'd be really hard yeah. to swing that sword and operate a mobile phone in your other hand. The well, <laughs> the only thing I'm, I'm thinking though is for a cosplay event. I'm sure this is going to be very expensive. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to take this to a public event. I'm not sure. Um, it's a prototype, is it? I don't think so. No. It's just <laughs> coming soon, so I'm assuming it hasn't gone to market. Oh, yet. okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. The last one. I'm actually. I'm going to. I'm going to give a a quick area, and then I'm going to do a specific product. Again. Okay. So the area I would like to discuss is. Um, Sort of, uh, okay, health health tech. But health tech, I suppose, comes in many guises. Um, there's health tech, like, sensors for tracking. Well, actually, no. All right. I'm just going to say health tech, the overabundance mm-hmm. of health tech. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and I'm going to group specifically a subset of health tech into this, which is um, air quality sensors. Oh, yes, yes. And... Whilst the same applies with general health tech, I feel there are certainly valid use cases for lots of these. Mm, definitely. Um, I feel like there's a lot of invalid use cases for a lot of these and also it's going to lead to increased paranoia that we are already over-tracking everything and so concerned about tracking certain numbers and certain statistics all the time and just adding another one into the mix of being now paranoid about the air quality in our apartment or something. I don't know if it's healthy, to be honest with you. I think the the health the la- the negative health benefits of that concern outweigh the health benefits of um, of of the increase in, in air quality you might have. Um, that said, I, there's ones that work in the outside world which are fine, but in your house, I don't know. And this also kind of predicates that um, when you, I think, so many of these devices. I mean, it is CS. It is in Las Vegas, possibly one of the kind of epitomes of American cities. Um, I don't know how many of these things would work so well in small apartments mm. in, in Europe. And I mean, like I, sure. my understanding is that there are, in, in some countries, legal requirements to have some of this technology. Because, in your home? Yeah, though? absolutely. Because okay. there is situations where people have died from having uh, leaks of some type of uh, gas or 
what have you. Like like a common one in Australia was people's heaters um, would yep. be leaking gas or some type of substance when they were not turned on um, or weren't turned yep. on off properly or something like that. And people would die. It's um, and I don't know. I think radon was the one as well that has yeah, been getting a lot of recently, a lot of press. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, okay. I can see definitely good use cases. But I mean, right. okay. I, I, if I can just add one thing to that, I mean, I would like to think that the in, in apartment scenarios, the landlord would be, be required to um, to be paying for that, as we do with smoke mm. detectors. But I think it differs per country. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm actually lied. I'm going to do two more, right. Miss Kate. All right. <laughs> so the first one is there was also a lot of uh, robotic coffee makers. Uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, to me, I, I found this with a lot of products in, um, in CS this year. There was a lot of things that tried to replace that sort of um, – the, the, actually – things I kind of like doing personally. Like I like the ritual of making coffee. I even grind my own coffee every you morning do. by hand. You do. Not not with a mortar and pestle. <laughs> <laughs> it is um, it is loud though. But I, mm. I quite like that ritual and the similar with I think people who like making tea and things like that. It's actually a ritual that sometimes you like. Mm. It gets you away from technology for a few minutes. And I'm not sure, but I mean actually the thing I wanted to 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 share here, drop. The most amazing milk delivery system since the cow. Okay. Really? Uh, I, I don't know about you. I find that rather strange. I don't know. Right? I think the soybean would have problems with that. <laughs> well, it, it's it's more that um, I don't know. So, <laughs> so what, what is rather... this? Explain it to me. A milk delivery system. Can... But is it a jug? Surely that says it all. Like it, I don't know. I'd... No, I think they're taps you fit in your kitchen, like a like a water filter. Yeah, but... and um, I don't know. Oh, so it attaches to a refrigerator or something. I have no idea, but I find the marketing somewhat strange. So actually. much effort for, for putting some yeah. milk. From, I assume it's to make hot milk or something like that, like frothy milk for cappuccinos or some crap. Weird. Uh, so much effort for just, like, just buy a coffee maker that's got a milk a milk thingy in it. When we go away often, we want, uh, more than a couple of days, we want someone to look after the cat. Definitely. Um, and this performs multiple functions. It, some of it is feeding. Some of it is keeping it clean and keeping the house clean of the cat. Um, I'll leave that up to your imagination. <laughs> and there's definitely been a few, a few systems already for feeding cats or feeding animals. That's not too hard to manage. And there have been some high-profile cases of that not working, but we'll leave that one yeah. alone. Kate spoke about that in the past. Okay. Um, and we saw one. I saw one somewhere that was a, a litter uh, distributor. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that one. Yeah. Which I'd be intrigued to try. Me too. But often also, uh, especially dogs, I'm not so sure about much about cats, but especially dogs need a bit more. I mean, a dog needs a walker. Mm. Um, actually, on a side topic, I mean, you could quite easily have a robot dog walker. Definitely. Um, but it starts to beg the question, like, what does a, uh, a pet actually want? Does it want does someone to play with it? Does it want... Um, does it want company? Does it want the warmth of a human? Like, what does it actually get out of a human? It's a sort of intriguing mm. question, which is a broader conversation. Very philosophical. But then I got... <laughs> thanks, Kate. Then I got this uh, message with this intriguing title Peppy. of the world's most advanced robotic pet That's a nice system. logo. I like that. Which, which intrigues me because uh, pet sitting is sort of um, a, a whole other aspect. It's not just feeding it. It's, it's other things too. Uh, and I have to just quickly show you this great picture down the bottom. 
Oh. This cat is downright evil looking. That's an awesome cat. Look at its little face. <laughs> I, I will take you, my overlord. But, I mean, I was somewhat disappointed when I sort of got to it. Um, actually, this is the Kickstarter page. Let me just try and oh, get it's to a the ball. website. What's smart? It's just a ball. Um, I thought it was going to be the... like a some kind of pet feeder, yeah. dog walker, cat patter, you know. It also looks like yeah. a, a lot like a Pokeball. Uh, they might have some trouble with the Nintendo company uh, suing them there. Um, but yeah, it's a little. Uh, and what's it's the, a little. It's a little less than I was expecting, really. Um, so you can operate it remotely from your phone or something, and get yeah, the but ball it's, rolling it's, around. There's already a lot of stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, we had one of those. Um, we had the, the one with the feather. It also has this uh, like thing for monitoring their vital signs and things like that. Yeah, but I like that. Yeah, stuff. I'm somewhat I'm somewhat disappointed in the end. It, it I thought it was going to be more. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought it was. It sounds be more. like it's actually a suite of different products, and you have to pay for each of them. I mean, I like the idea that you can monitor your pet's um, biometrics, but you need a platform that is um, is relevant that not only you can you can access, but you're, more importantly, your health your your vet because. You know, we don't understand it. You need a vet to be able to understand this stuff. And and I would imagine most vets don't have time to monitor every person's, um, you know, pet's vital signs using their, you know, when they're trying to do consultations. Obviously, the the same problem applies with connected humans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, I, intrigued you have, I encourage you to have a look at the website for this because there's some very nice pictures of cute-looking pets. Oh, very but, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got one yeah. just behind me is doing a been running around the room for the last couple of minutes <laughs> <laughs> all right then over to you kate right. for your uh misses yeah okay i've got a few things to share i mean yeah this is not a miss this is actually something i quite like it's the nema uh, peanut sensor and the idea with this is it's, it's a little connected device as you can see um for people with severe allergies to peanuts um so what you do is you basically take a bit of food put it in the device um, there's a sensor embedded in it and it is able to detect if there's any peanut traces in the device. Um, I mean, I think it's it's an interesting one in that if you're that severely allergic to, to peanut products, the peanuts could be, you know, I don't know, a, a plate wasn't washed properly or something like that. There could be problems there. So it's, it's hard to know how much... Um, you know, how much risk there is with this kind of stuff. But they did a, a comparative product for um, uh, gluten from memory that, that was really highly rated by people. And for people that, you know, have, tr- you know, this is life-threatening kind of stuff, it's serious, it's, you know, the this kind of stuff is, you know, I think this, I guess what I'm trying to say maybe is the technology is, is starting to get better in this area and I think it's quite quite encouraging for people. So I think that's pretty cool. Um yeah, this is probably the weirdest one I got. It's um, Envy. Envy bracelet uses foul smells as non-violent forms of self-defense. So what we're talking about is actually a bracelet that um, if you feel you're being attacked, you can um, <laughs> you can actually um, you know push a button and this odious smell comes out. And the smell is um, akin to... Uh, I, I, it doesn't actually say what the smell is. Um, but it, it, it just says that it's skunk. Yeah, I, I assume so. But yeah, I think the thing that made me laugh the most on this was the um, the fact that it was that how they did the study. And I'll just read this bit out. 
In the spring of 2017, more than 100 people in Rotterdam participated in an independent pilot study conducted by RISBO, affiliated to Erasmus University. So Erasmus is basically like um, a student exchange. They got all these poor student exchange people to try out these bracelets. And I'm just picturing all these people that are just, um, you know, setting them off on purpose to piss people off. Um, But yeah, it's super strange. I mean... Is it successful? I don't know. I mean, the problem with a lot of these products I have um, in this area is that it's very hard to actually test them in a real-life scenario mm. because you don't want your test subjects to get attacked, let's face it. So it's kind of like it's a you know it's a tough one. Um, yeah. yeah. Another one to share is um, this product, Skin with Double Eye, because you can't just make any, any um, you know, plain old skin. Uh, this is connected clothing, which people know I'm a big fan of the area and the possibilities rather than always the execution and so this is connected underwear and yes i know it sounds it sounds weird let's have a look at the products and of course as far as i can tell from the picture you can't wear it unless you're a good looking yeah you know it's for people that are already so we've got we've got some connected um possibilities you know our our metrics there posture it's got a gyroscope it's got ecg it's con- Test your body fat, which is intriguing. I'm not sure how good that makes you feel about yourself in the morning. Um, it's got some sleep sleep lad kind of kind of stuff embedded. But the one that amused me the most, um, where is it? I'm just sliding down the page. Apologies, people. It may be that they haven't done it yet, but it's coming. But uh, I think the one that I liked was that it's also con- – they're working on connecting it to your home. So it connects to um, – you know, I don't know if you can... There's something bizarre about the notion you can connect it with Alexa or something like that. You know, it's kind of kind of, kind of strange. But I don't know. I mean, do we need it? Uh, I mean, I, I, as people know, I've interviewed companies who've just created the little clip-on device. Um, and so, you know, you could put that in any piece of clothing. And I, I, actually, assume, I actually believe that's the way the technology will go. It's not going to be people making, you know, a connected T-shirt. They're going to be making the device to put on your T-shirt. It's just not sustainable. How many of these would you need to buy? You know, seven a mm, week? Mm. Not not sustainable. The idea is okay. Uh, what else have we got? Let's have a look. Uh, wow, I like that picture. <laughs> I can't even remember where that one was. Uh, just Yeah, they're just little NFC tags. I always like an NFC tag. I think they're useful. Um in it and this one I think they were looking at but it just it's such a bizarre kind of um <laughs> marketing campaign it's a French company so you're just looking at going what yeah I don't know can I be excited about it probably not this is one I, I did actually quite like um it's a connected um, umbrella which you might kind of roll your eyes and go nah, that's a bit meh I'll see if there's a video one sec I, the reason I like it is as, as an Australian, I mean, you know, sun protection is a big thing. There you go. You can see it move now. Mm. And I think the fact that it basically moves in time with the sun, and it may seem like people, you might be thinking, well, can't you just move when, it, when the sun moves? Well, those umbrellas can be really heavy. They're really hard to move from, from experience. And the amount, the sun moves quite incrementally. So if you fall asleep, you can get burnt big time. Um, and I actually think this is quite clever. And I think it's, you know, I, I, I think as more of these come out, the prices will drop too. So mm. that's, you know, good. I like it. Um, maybe one more. Yeah. Um, seriously, is this not the cutest looking robot you've seen for a while? Check it out. It's kind of super. Um, 
So it's you know it's 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 a little bit high high price. We're looking at 150 bucks, which is eh, that's not too bad. But you know it's I I do like a little connected robot. It, it can play games. I mean you know it can do a few different things. I don't know how much AI is embedded in it and how much you can actually put your own your own kind of um, capabilities into it. Let's have a look. What are we talking about here? Um, Sensors, so it's got some learning capabilities. Um, what else we got? Push to talk. I think it just gets kids talking, get, gets kids interacting. Um, and this is the Cognitoys Scout. Yeah. Do you need it? Well, of course you don't. But is it a fun thing to have if you like robots? Sure. I mean, there's bigger and better robots, but I just I was kind of attracted to the aesthetics more than anything, let's be honest. There are a lot of these now, though. There are. I mean, it, weighing up and weighing up which one's better than another. I, I don't know how you do that. There are, there are. And, okay, uh. so this was very interesting, this press release, if I can get to it. See what happens? But don't do this, people. Just don't do this. It really annoys us. <laughs> Pop-ups, no. I think it annoys everyone, not just us. Yeah, <laughs> this one is um, this is something I'll probably I've got press release jet. Yeah. No, what, what's the product called? Okay, Lightyear. The company's called Lightyear, Lightyear, and they're launching their um, four four-wheel drive solar-powered car, able to drive for months without charging. So we know electric cars are a big thing. This one has a battery with a range of 800 kilometers and some solar charging. They'll start producing it next year. Um, I'm assuming prices started 119,000 euros, which seems pretty good. I know nothing about cars in terms of buying a car or buying an electric car. Um, but I like the idea they're using solar. I think that's going to be the, I I would like to think that will be the future. I mean, Mm. in case you're wondering, of course, it's not suggest, they're not suggesting that you only use solar in the winter or what have you. But I think it's it's intriguing, and I'll, I will actually take some time to find out a bit more about it. As as you can see, folks, the press release doesn't tell you all that much. I, I think, in my mind, it seems too good to be true. Yeah, it's a, a high powered car that could drive that far on solar. I think you'd have to have absolute perfect conditions. I think it would still be very supplemental. But actually, I mean, the principle of having a solar car seems so obvious mm, mm. that. Why is it not being done before? I don't know. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to find out a bit more about it. And I will be doing some kind of car wrap-up for CES, for Design, mm. so I will um, pop it in there too so people can find out more. There, there was a lot about cars. I didn't really do anything specific because it's not an area I know enough about, but yeah. there was a lot of stuff about cars. I had one criticism from a friend of saying there were so many in-car connected things. It's like... How are you going to prevent distracted driving? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's. I've, I've got to say, I mean, you think of a car, every single, I don't know, component of the car, if I can use that term, it, someone is creating it. <laughs> you know, there's mm. um, there's some some of the OEMs are doing it all themselves, but most of them are kind of working in co- in combination with with people that are deep diving into those those minute kind of little components and seriously it's hard to work out what's what and who's doing what because especially Mm. the lidar stuff there's so much lidar um but i I will have a go and um i've also got some commentary from some of the companies who um want to kind of you know help us strip back from the you know the hype perhaps this one i thought you maybe you want to cross over and mention the neurophone because you met these people, um, didn't you? Were they at CES? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they won, they won the Best of Innovation Award. <laughs> really? I'm yeah. strange I didn't... Because I actually met them in Melbourne. Yeah, They're that's from right. Melbourne. Yeah. 
and I did an interview Back and trialed one, hometown. and I haven't. Do you want to maybe explain I, a bit about the product? I was just about to, Kate. Okay. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I interviewed them. I did a I did a test run with them. I went to some of their events in uh, Sydney. Um, I haven't really got around to writing anything up yet. I, I don't know why. In particular, uh, actually, if they've just won this award, that might be a motivation yeah. to get that out. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's a sort of okay. I, I will dig into it in more detail in that interview, yeah, but sure. um, it's basically about uh, the headphone has like a small in-ear headphone built into it that mm. detects uh, your ear's reaction to sound and tailors a sound experience for you. Now, that said, I have very bad hearing. Mm. Um, and the short time I trialled it, I found it... Well, I could certainly tell the difference. Interesting. Whether, whether I could say it was Better is really hard to say. I think it also depends on the sort of music and a whole bunch of other factors. But it's certainly an intriguing product. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'll get that interview up pretty soon. Yeah, no, it should be. It could be an interesting one to. You changed the rules a bit there, Kate. I thought we were going to do uh, hits and misses, and you kind of did everything together. Uh, no, it kind of worked. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops! I have tabs auto. Okay, right. Um, so I'm going to do a few more, and you can just react to them. Okay. I'm sorry. You, you jumped ahead. You jumped ahead and spot, changed the rules. <laughs> I was kind of on a roll, okay. so I keep going. Yeah. First, I was actually interested in just talking about um, one general trend, which was um, 3D face scanning. Um, and initially I thought of this as a bit of a miss, but then once I thought about it a bit more, it had a bit more use cases. Like, uh, so they kind of highlight VR and gaming. And I wonder how many people really want a 3D representation of themselves in a game when you mm. normally want to escape in a game. But then we started actually things like, for example, glasses modelling, wig modelling, makeup, cosmetic surgery. Actually, it starts to have some interesting use cases. I was wondering about some of the security implementations. Yeah. Ooh, I was wondering about some of the security implementations, but, oh, my God, I was wondering about some of the security implications. <laughs> Got there in the end. Um, but, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's been quite a lot of tests and people have done their own little videos where people have shown that, you know, opening, uh, you might be able to open your phone with your your face, but then your brother can, your mother can, someone with a comparative facial shape or jaw. But what about a an actual copy of yourself, 3D printed? I don't know. I think it would look too sterile, I guess. I don't know what to think. I mean, I yeah. my, my criticism would be people change over time. Um, people's well, I mean, you could just print a new bit. I mean, with age yeah. and stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I, I'm not sure what to think of it. Like it just yeah. there, there seems. I'm to not be singling a, out an individual company because there was quite a lot of people doing this, but it was an interesting trend, and I sort of wonder where it will go. What were they pushing? Is the the use case? What was their kind of compelling use case? Well, uh, the gaming and VR, which I say I challenge, but I think actually the most useful ones would be things like uh, virtual modelling of clothes, uh, uh, yeah. accessories, yeah. face accessories. I mean, once you start doing body scans, you yeah. can start, you know, combine that with a service like Zalando where you can actually yeah. kind of see. I've heard people, people have tried this before, that. but if you can yeah. actually do it yourself, yeah. then, yeah. Anyway, I'm now going to wrap up with just a quick run through a few small things that you can uh, comment on, Kate. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Firstly, the cordless hairdryer. I'm not going to uh, spend very long on this. This is, this is, I think, falls very strongly in, for me into the camp of many products at CS that were actually quite interesting but marketed in a weird way. Like mm-hmm. this photo at the top. And then I love this photo of the uh, founders. Mm. <laughs> they definitely look like, I think they 
They look like might ha- have worked. They look like hairdressers. Look like, they? they do look like hairdressers. You, you said it, not me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I obviously have no need for a hairdryer, <laughs> but I was intrigued by this line here. It's about time. I, I mm. have done no research mm. to to prove whether it's the first cordless hairdryer, mm. but I'd be quite surprised. Like, why? Yeah. Is it Agreed. the only cordless hairdryer? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. You Next could say up, the same for a lot also of somewhat in- Yeah. Mm. Also somewhat intriguing is uh, this uh, internet-connected chessboard. We talked about swords. I have never seen chess promoted quite so enthusiastically. Uh, <laughs> and the press release um, described it as the Harry Potter chessboard, which, again, I think was a really dumb way to promote it. Um, but the idea is that the... Uh there's a how does how do the chess pieces move? So either through uh, an app or also through chess.com, it connects up with chess.com right. or through an app. Right. Uh, yeah, I think this was the thing that jumped out at me a bit. I'm still uh, this is a maybe. It's not a hit or a miss. This kind of off-screen thing, like taking digital devices and then manifesting them in more physical ways. I sort of find in, an interesting idea. Um, yeah, I don't know how how useful it would be but um yeah it's interesting it's funny i I did get offered to play chess with sorry play scrabble with a robot at ces and i do like scrabble so i would have been up for that next year and next one i'm going to uh mention is uh i'm going to do an interview with them because i want to dig into a bit more detail here it's called emo shape um it's they claim like a whole kind of new type of chip, which is called an EPU, an emotion processing unit, um, for AI robots and things like that. And I don't know. I mean, what I would be interested in digging into more is like, is it really a new chip, like design, designed specifically for the sorts of processing that would handle something like emotion? Or is it just a fancy name for nothing mm. new? I don't know. Mm. I sort of intrigued to find out more. Yeah, definitely. Which I will. I'm going to line up an interview with them because it sounds intriguing, but I want to know, like, what does it really do? Is it just branding or is it actually something different? Um, So, yeah. 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 So the next one I'm going to mention is an intriguing little thing called Wonder Painter. Um, I highly recommend you watch the uh, video because uh, what basically they do, they draw a picture and then they hold up the app through the smartphone, of course, to the picture and the picture animates. Mm. Um. And I'd like to know how advanced this could be. Like, what sort of picture could you draw? Because the interesting thing is, say, for the, in the first example, they draw a horse. Mm-hmm. And then it recognises it as a horse. The horse, like, walks like a horse. The legs move individually. Wow. It kind of gallops like a horse. Then they draw a caterpillar with multiple circles making up the body. And then each of those individual pieces also animate. So it's... It recognises the individual components. It's uh, Yeah, it's quite intriguing, actually. I don't really, can't really think of any oh. particular use case apart from just animations and games, mm. like just quick prototyping. But it's quite cool. Interesting technology anyway. Is it for a consumer audience or is it like for workplace kind of stuff? They kind of have, uh, on their website, they have uh, it grouped into all sorts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite interesting. Um, and... I'm going to wrap up with two more. Um, one is actually, uh, like, especially uh, we've talked a lot about how a lot of smart wearables are not entirely useful and not as useful as they could be, mm. and especially smart glasses outside of industry. Mm-mm. 
they've been generally a little disappointing for consumer space. Um, and this one is called Orchem. Oh, yeah. I'm actually yeah. uh, want to interview them as well. Yeah, I've written about and them it's before. A, okay, mm. uh, any ideas? Because it's a smart class that basically mm. is aimed at assisting blind and visually impaired mm. people, which seems like an amazing use. But how effective is it really? How does it yeah. actually work? From memory, and I'll, I'll put the link in in the show notes to the article, um, I looked at a bunch of them because there's there's – I went to uh, Czech Open Air here in Berlin earlier in the year. Okay. Uh, sorry, late last year. Last summer, sorry. And there mm. was like three companies with smart glasses and they were all from Tel Aviv, uh, except mm. for one. Sorry, there was four, I guess. And basically, from memory, it involves um, having an, uh, like a, almost like a camera stuck onto a pair of glasses. Mm. And there's a, a subscription service where there's someone who actually describes... Oh, really? Your environment. I'll have to – I think that's the one. I'd have to – sorry, I'd have to check because there was – I think that's the main way they do it. But there's also um, embedded in the AI kind of capabilities, the, the spatial mapping, the 3D mapping, that kind of stuff. The idea is it's to give you a, an accurate depiction of your environment. And this actually is one of the Israeli ones. It's actually from the founders of Mobileye yeah. who made the very well-known – uh, similar technology for cars that got bought by somebody. <laughs> or no, it didn't get bought, but it was very, very successful. So they kind of know what they're doing. I don't know. Intriguing. Intriguing. Hmm. All right. And one more from me. Somewhat different. Uh, different. <laughs> it's actually, it's called SwitchBot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the things we've mentioned a couple of times is, so we live in an old house um, we have old light switches. We have an old house. Um, we live in an apartment. We don't own it. So if we wanted to have kind of like sensors or an app that could turn lights on and off, turn switches on and off, if European switches, if European plugs actually had switches, but anyway, um, it would be quite hard for us to do. Mm. And this is actually, uh, I actually have asked them if they'll send uh, some to us, but if not, they're not that expensive, so uh, we'll buy some. Um, they're actually a series of little motorized switches that you can put over old switches. That's great. And like retrofit mm. an old, unupgradable house to a smart house, mm. uh, which I find a really cool idea. And again, someone must have done this before. It yeah. just seems like one of those yeah. things that seems like such a cool, useful idea. Someone must have done it before. I think, uh, I it, think it's been yeah. done before, but I don't know if it's been done as w- well enough for people in rental accommodation. Yeah, mm. but they're like uh, they're, they're not too expensive. I don't know. It sort of depends. Uh, I'm going to see if we can get some scent because I'd really like to test how mm. effective it is and like how much force does it give. You know, mm. how stiff can a switch be? Switches vary as well. Mm. Like we have the like big, large kind of square switch, but then some switches are like little rectangular things in the middle of a panel. Like, mm. what can it support? Anyway. That was our little wrap-up of CES. Have you got any sort of closing thoughts, Kate? Yeah, look, you know, it's been um, – I think there's – I'm not sure there's been a lot of surprises this year. Maybe the blackout was a bit of a surprise. Well, yeah, we didn't even talk about that, yeah. Attending. Um, you know, of course, voice-activated voice interfaces were big this year. Um, mm. We saw a lot of connected cars. We saw a lot of big TVs. Um, we'll be both doing a bit more of comprehensive rundowns in mm-hmm. 4D zone. Um, so we will be talking – explaining a little bit more about some of the products we alluded to today, but also some new ones as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it will kind of – it's 
it's funny how the cycles work. I mean, some of the products we saw before in, in Berlin at um, IFA, which is a comparable yeah. trade show that's on in mid- September. September, sorry. Um, so we will probably see some of the, the CES mm. stuff again next year. So, yeah, it's it was a good show. Yep. Well, I think uh, one thing for me was um, I found it interesting. I've, this is probably the first time I've spent a lot of attention on CES. And, I mean, it's called the Consumer Electronics Show, but there was a lot of B2B stuff, mm, which I suppose in the end ends up with consumers. But yeah. I found that sort of interesting. Yeah. But then IFA is International Funkausstellung, which is about networks. So that is nothing to do with exclusively networks either. So mm. who knows? Mm. Okay, thanks for listening. Yeah, we will be back with uh, another Links show soon. Um, recently on the podcast, I interviewed Dan Siegel about the bullet hole misconception, mm. um, which is uh, about sort of about challenging preconceptions in uh, software systems and things like that. It's quite an interesting interview. Uh, coming up soon, uh, we also have uh, another prediction, so I better get it out soon, with Lucas Carlson. Um, about containers and uh, serverless predictions for mm-hmm. 2018. Sort of fairly, one for the developers, that one. Mm. Um, and in terms of uh, appearances, I'm going to be at FOSDEM in the first week of February, running the uh, Tool the Docs room. Um, Kate, anything coming up with you in the near future you want to let people know about? Mm. Um, I'll be at Bosch Connected World next month in February. Okay. Um, potentially we will be at Mobile World Congress we're still kind of mm-hmm. waiting for things to happen there but okay. we will keep you posted if you enjoyed the show please find previous shows and show notes at gregariusmammal.com slash podcast if you like the show please rate us on wherever you uh, listen or watch or go to gregariusmammal.com slash support to buy merchandise, sign our mailing list, and I have new stickers are back in oh, stock. Woohoo! So, and Kate has some too, but she's lost them. They're in a box <laughs> she will find them. near my desk. Which if you sign our mailing list, <laughs> I will be doing a mail out soon to send people stickers. Yes. So join our mailing list if you don't want to support us with money. How dare you? And we will send you free stickers. Yes. You will cost us. <laughs> um... You can stay in touch with me at christianchiller.com or on Twitter at Chris Chinch. Kate, how can the good listeners slash viewers stay in touch with you? Yeah, you can um, access my work at katelawrence.com. That is Kate with a C and Lawrence with a W. Or alternatively on Twitter at Kate underscore Lawrence. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs>